It's loading. It's, it's working. Yay! Yay! And we're live. Yay! Yay! Ethernet, Etherworld. Welcome, Whitney, not Brittany. <laughs> Old joke. It's never going to die. <laughs> yes, because my name is Whitney Spears. True story. I like, I love, I love that. I, it's weird that I've seen your name a million times and never once did I say, oh, that's so close to Britney Spears. But, yeah. but now I always will. It affects, some people get it. Some people don't. Oh, it's fun on a cold call when they're like, can I take a message? I'm like, yeah, it's Whitney. And then Spears as in Britney. Uh, <laughs> that's just, that's actually, actually it's, really good. Actually. It's so funny, right? <laughs> Well, welcome, you guys. Happy Sunday. It's another one. It's our fifth episode, right? Yeah. Can you believe? I can't even believe fifth episode. Uh, well, first of all, I act like I know this. I don't know this. Shanda's the one who knows this. I'd be making signs and I'm like, oh, episode three, right? And she's like, I think it's four. And I'm like, is it really? I'm like, okay, if you say so <laughs> or whatever it was. So, but today we're so lucky. Hello, everyone. We're so lucky to have Whitney not Britney Spears. So thank you for joining us, Whitney. No problem. Glad I could hop on. Oh, so excited. Um, and Shanda's here. Like today we're on Shanda's page. So that's super exciting so that we can uh, meet all the new friends. And thank you for guys for coming. Hi, Dustin. Oh, AP's awesome. So thank you, AP. So we decided, well, obviously Zaya was going to come on, but there was a quick emergency. So he had to get pulled away. And then we were so lucky because Whitney was so gracious to come on like last minute. So <laughs> thank you for doing that. We make dinner and put on some makeup. So we're good. <laughs> You're awesome. I mean, it's been kind of a week, right guys? Like with the layoffs and everything going on. It's yeah. been a lot. It's been a week. Yeah. And um, I don't know about you guys, but my week started, which was really sad. I don't know if you ever heard of this or not, but for UVA is, I live in Virginia. Oh, I forgot. There was a shooting at UVA. Um, and three of the football players were killed, and one of the football players was really badly injured, and it was just an awful week to get started. And then today, um, they had that off last night. They had that awful shooting in Colorado Springs. Did you yes. guys hear that? Yes, in the club. I did. Terrible. I just, and then I'm sitting there watching that, and then I'm watching this poor like these parents whose children were were killed in Idaho. So it's just like, what's going on with this world? So it's definitely a Sunday scaries. Like uh, we got to shake it off, but we're going into an awesome week, right? It's Thanksgiving. Yes. Only a few days of work this week. At least I do. So I work. Yes. All yes. working. Yes. Yeah. So. But we're so excited to have Whitney on with us because really awesome. Whitney has really been through this journey and you, we can all learn from Whitney because she transitioned from a teacher where she taught for, what'd you say? 10 years yeah, and then in 2020 or 2020 no no yeah 2020 yeah, 2020 right. <laughs> that sounded weird right but anyway in 2020 she decided yeah maybe she would make this move right but but 2020 is when you started reaching out and learning and tell us a little bit about that yeah so um my first year in public school prior to public i was in private but my first year in public school was when COVID hit Oh, so oh, I think that, was, that, yeah, it was rough. So it had, you know, what, eight months and then they cut everything off. So, um, yeah, in the fall of 20, I happened upon a podcast of, uh, you know, a woman, her name is Daphne Gomez and she has a teacher transition course and hmm. she was on a woman's 
podcast. The woman's name is Angela Watson and Angela helps teachers learn how to manage their time so they're not burned out. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, I Daphne Gomez has a teacher transition course called Teacher, uh, teacher Career Coach. Oh. And so I joined her course and was clueless because they're talking about all these different jobs teachers can have. And um, that was just a stepping stone for me. So I did continue to teach because I wasn't really I wasn't ready to go corporate. So it took me a couple of years to really figure out what I wanted to do. And then I, somehow I ended up in sales. That's like a whole, you know, I can explain that a little bit more, too. But, yeah, that's that's how it all started. Um, and then I really took the dive this past spring, mm -hmm. March of 22, still 22, right? Yeah. Still yes, 22. it is. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Barely. I know. I know. And yeah. It's just, yeah. It's been a long month, a, a long year. But that's awesome though, because so you, I like how you kind of, you feel that that period of time where you were waiting and kind of just learning, like, do you think that that was really helpful to you or do you wish you had just jumped into it quicker? Do you, do you have any thoughts about that at all? Well, well, if I hadn't had that COVID experience where all of a sudden, and I'm mm. you guys, you guys have kids, so <laughs> all of a sudden, we there was no training. There was nothing. It was, what are we going to do? We're making all these paper packets for these kids. Right, that's and true. Hot spots to them because I was working with kids in, in, in low income who didn't have internet. And, and then we had to figure out how to put everything on Google Classroom. And, and because of those experiences is when I started using like Vidyard and Loom mm. and Castify and literally making videos for parents so they could figure out how to go in and log out of their, out of their Google account put their child in the Google oh. the child could access Google Classroom. This was first grade, by the way. Did you know oh my goodness. First grade. That must have been first grade. I feel, I cannot believe you are a hero. Like, honestly, the fact that you could do that, I would hire you to be like anything. Like what you teachers had to do, especially in the elementary levels was outrageous. It was outrageous. Like trying to teach. I mean, I don't even know how you did that. I, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. So that experience, and then we did go back in the fall. I went back to the same school in the fall and then I actually ended up, okay. So, so that was insane because I had to teach everything twice. All right. I had nine kids online on Google meet and I had seven of the sweetest little kids in my classroom <laughs> it's just like all I could do is keep them on their Chromebooks, which was fine. But, but they were I, there. Right. They were. Oh. oh, man. So I actually ended up leaving that district in December of 20. And I okay. didn't work a corporate online teaching job until, gosh, September of 22. No, I can't track it. 21. <laughs> 21. <laughs> and and that was not a positive experience. So I was very oh. nervous to go back into the corporate world. So right. I ended up teaching um, close by in a public school um, and everything was back to normal, you know, um, so I didn't have to deal with that. But with those two and a half years of doing, of learning, like how to use different learning management systems and Seesaw and Canvas. And if I hadn't had that experience there, I don't know. Oh, okay. Sell as well in my current job. That's true. And you really did have to kind of have a tech stack 
and learn how to quickly use the tech stack. Yes, without being trained. Without, and that's very similar to being an SDR. Ding, ding, ding. Stinker swim. But I would say that, you know, it's hard in, in SaaS sales. Like they do try to help you with your tech stack. There's a lot to learn. Yes. And then you go through your like however long your training is. But by the time you're actually using it, you kind of have to figure it out yourself because like yeah. otherwise you have to annoy somebody over and over again. So right. that's why I appreciate like HubSpot and like Sales Loft and like Chili Piper. Like they have or most of them have this, but they love how they have their like little, you know, independent learning and like trainings that you can go in and do on your own. Yeah. So you don't have to be like, hey, by the way, again, I don't remember how to use sales loft. So yeah. You could like go and learn. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, it was like, even though I had only learned it use um, learning management systems, it all starts to merge together. It all it serves, you know, you got to input and delete and do. So I, I picked up, I picked up on that stuff relatively quickly and I'm still learning about new things for sales all the time. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I mean, there's, you know, it's what I think is interesting about all the tech stack that we have available to us right now um, is that because it's almost an overabundance, like I'm coming from the old school way of selling when it was like, here's my phone. It was not a cell phone. It was a, it had like a cord. A you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I mean, was it harder? Yes, it was yeah. harder. But in some ways, I wonder yeah. if, you know, sometimes the, the technology can be a huge distraction. So I think that's a good point that you, a lot of people probably think that teachers don't have that tech savvy background mm -hmm. or the ability to pick it up. People think we're bonafide babysitters. Correct. That's what they think, which is ridiculous, but that is what they think. Even when they don't admit to them themselves that that's what they think. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Like in their minds, they're like, oh, teachers, they're the best things ever mm -hmm. because of our kids, right? They believe that, but... Well, and we often see them more than the parents see them. Correct. Yeah. And we have a, it's a big responsibility. That was actually one of the things in my, my very first post that I don't know how many impressions you have to get before something is considered viral, but I think I've had over 39 impressions, 39,000 impressions. Oh, well, that's pretty, I would say, oh, no, that's viralish. I mean, I think it was good. I think that's viral. Yeah. Is it? Cool. I mean, to me, <laughs> so, on LinkedIn, yeah. All that matters to me, yeah. It's funny. That is the good point, though, um, Shanda, because I, um, this is unpopular. This is contrary to most people's popular belief, but I'm actually going back to Twitter now, <laughs> which is not the norm. Everybody else is leaving and running. I'm going back, and the reason why is because Twitter was my home for a very long time, and I grew a very large following on Twitter. And then it became just a dumpster fire of Twitter. It was just dumpster. Everybody was fighting. It was all political and I hated it, you know? So I had to get out of there. And it's not that it's not political now, but I love how they have these like warning, like it's like disclosures on certain tweets. So it's, I don't know, there's a lot of really cool things about it. So I'm excited. To warnings? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like this. Okay, like let's pretend I'm a satire account, right? And I oh, think okay. satire like, things. Is it Bumble, Bumblebee or something like that? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, that's, I think there's one, the, some B account that got banned and is back, but, I, right, but, that, but that one, as an example, has a lot of satire mm -hmm. and a lot of people find it very funny, but it could be considered like misinformation. If you don't know. Not satire, right? Right. And so what's really cool about the new Twitter feature is that I don't exactly know how this happens, 
but things get labeled and they get labeled as satire or they get labeled as what they are. And if it's hate, like if it's like horrible people, like in their stupid junk that they do, it gets, it gets basically shattered. Like it gets less impressions um, as a result. So I don't, we'll see how it works and everything. I just like that. Um, I don't like everybody fighting. I hate that, but I had to go over there and see, but in Twitter, you can grow in a way that is mind blowing. Like, it is like mind blowing. Like right I, now, I've right. heard that. Like, can you explain? Because I mean, I get on there, and for me, it's just chaos, and I can't that do it. Be. And, and yeah. TikTok was kind of that way for me too. And you talked me through it, and so you know, I got, I finally bit the bullet and got on that. So talk us through, like, how do you grow things on Twitter? Because for me, I just turn it on. I'm like, ugh, I gotta get out of here. So listen, here's the thing, and, and this is very an interesting topic, considering what happened last week when Twi when LinkedIn went down for like how long? Too long. Uh, it was a long time. Yeah, LinkedIn went down times. for about two hours, maybe. And I then was it was like it was crazy. And so people were losing their minds and everything. And the one thing to realize about all social media, and I promise you, because I'm not young, I've been through MySpace and all the way up. Yeah. It's all the same. The, it is, I promise you it's the same. The, the results may be a little bit different and you have to tweak the approach slightly, but the whole reality is, is engagement. Okay. It is like, yeah. if you go into TikTok and you go into TikTok once a week and you look at pictures and you look at videos and you're like, whatever, and then you come on and off and every once in a while you post a post, then you won't grow a following right. and you won't have, I mean, it's just, you won't, right? Like, because in order to grow a following on any social media site, it is like a two-way street. You have to give before you can get back. And that's every single social media site. But Twitter is is very dynamic and people and you don't have to put as much effort into it. Like you can put it like you could make a statement like that's fried eggs suck. <laughs> and the next thing you know, everybody's like, are you kidding me? I love fried eggs. You're awful. I hate fried eggs too. These are awful. And then all of a sudden before you know it, but in order for that to really happen, you have to be going in and engaging and commenting everybody's things. You know what I mean? I should check it out. But the difference is, is that Whitney's post that was 39,000 here, it would, it could have been even more viral on Twitter just nice. because there's more people. There's so much more people. And there's more noise. There's more noise. Yeah. And there's more people that are engaged. Interesting. Do you notice how LinkedIn, like it's easier in some ways to kind of rise to the top of as a as a person in LinkedIn like grow a lot of followers because not many people engage like they should. They lurk. There's lots of lurking. Lurkers. Yeah. Uh oh. Speaking of lurkers. Lurkers. Here's a lurker. But yeah. And so so yeah. So social media is one of those things. I mean there's a lot to it. There's a lot. Don't get me wrong. And I was psychotically obsessed with my with growing followings on on Twitter. Like it was a very big thing. But once I got into the rhythm, it just became like it's just whatever. Like I have 25,000 followers over there and I do nothing. Like if I even tried, you know what I mean? Like it could be more, but it depends on what you're looking for. Cause honestly, if you're looking for this, what we have here on LinkedIn, you're not going to find it. There. Oh no. There's no like sense of community. I mean, I mean, there is, if you build that for your brand, it's kind of like a big rally of people. Right. It's just a bigger town square. Yeah. It's yeah. really all it is. And so, you know, you just, you're just going to get a whole variety of people. Like on LinkedIn, you're getting a, a, a little bit more of a focus of people who are more professionally focused, right? Career focused, or, and they're all doing, we're all focused, yeah. you know, on that. So, yeah, I think it's, 
you can you can do it anywhere. But I think that's awesome though. Like thirty nine thousand. Like what was so what was that post about again? Um, it was just about um, uh, you know I was like, hey LinkedIn world, um, this is who I am. This is what I'm trying to do. And I mean I would almost have to go back and look at it. But I said <laughs> these are the things that we are not. And one of them was we are not a bona fide babysitter. And I oh. mean I have featured it. I have a few featured things on there. And so it, it still cycles through. My brother even saw it and he's never on LinkedIn. He's like, yo, yes. your, <laughs> your post appeared in my feed. Like, so. Cause she's it, a cool kid. It's, uh, you know, well, I think that's interesting because, um, I actually have been realizing like family members are starting to notice my activity too on LinkedIn a little bit more. Right. And I think it's interesting because when I first started being active on LinkedIn, I've gotten like I've been on LinkedIn for a very long time. I've gotten a lot of um, what's like jobs. I have a few jobs from it. You know what I mean? And I've been on it, but I only use it <clears throat> as a resume. Right. Like yeah. that's really and that was it. Yeah. Um, but I did build a following when I started selling new homes because it was like a a lot of realtors and stuff on LinkedIn. So I was like, I'm going to try it. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. when I slowly started doing it. And I was, my, my family was all like, what are you doing on there? Like you're treating it like Twitter and they don't like my social media focus, my extended, you know? So yeah. it was just one of those things. But yeah, um, I was really shocked because my family now recently was like, Hey, you should like, I would love to learn how to get active on LinkedIn. And I'm like, yeah, is that right? <laughs> you know? Now you want to? Now oh, I'm not playing on there anymore. I'm not, you know. it's not just social fun or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how they felt about LinkedIn, but they didn't feel that way. I mean, that's how they felt about Twitter and TikTok. They hate TikTok. Like oh, the fact okay. that I'm on TikTok just drives everyone crazy. Look at, my, look at that. You posted my article. That's sweet. This, yeah. this I thought I posted it earlier and then AP's like, can you post it please? I'm like, oh wait, please hold. Yeah. I, I pulled up my, my first, my first post, which was eight months ago. So just, just go to my, uh, my LinkedIn folks and just uh, read it. Oh, okay. Okay. You, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Eight months ago. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. And at the time I was actually trying to get into customer success. So funny that that didn't happen. Hmm. Now, let me ask you about that. I found that really interesting. I read the article and I saw that you were going to start there. Yeah. Um, the reason why I say that's interesting is because I've always thought that I would be better in customer success because I am so customer focused. I mean, I'm obsessed with the customer. I like, literally have always been. Sure. But I couldn't. Like, I couldn't break into S. It literally didn't matter what my background was. That's my biggest beef with SaaS sales. It's like for women. It's not the same for men, I'll be honest. For yeah. women, our background means nothing when we're trying to break into SaaS sales. Hmm. They don't care. It's like, you. I'm oh, sorry, but you have to start over at SDR. Yeah, that's just how it's been for me. Um, it is no matter that you've been in sales for 10 years. It doesn't matter that I had an entrepreneur or... management development program. Like yeah. All yeah. the things that I've been through just doesn't really matter. And I get it. It is what it is. I, I would be a little a little bit more OK with it if I felt that it was consistent amongst my male counterparts. It's not. But it is what it is. Right. Like, what can we do? Yeah. So that's life. But I will say so you were thinking customer success and it just wasn't <laughs> happening. And so that's where what, what <laughs> made you decide. There, there's a few reasons. One is it seemed that that's where all the teachers were going. If they weren't an instructional designer, they were going into customer success. I see. And it was very flooded with people, not just yes. teachers, but it was flooded with people. And I had had some interviews. Um, and as I had mentioned in my article, 
there was a job that I had uh, signed or whatever. Um, and my, my, what, what do you call it? They uh, rescinded my offer. Oh so no. The person that I spoke to in that company is how I ended up getting an interview, you know, a referral. And he actually, this is how I sort of decided to go a different direction out of CS. Mm -hmm. And he said, here's why I think you would make a really good salesperson, a really good SDR. Because I didn't want to go into sales because it sounds kind of scary and boring and it sounds unpredictable. And I like yeah. things to be predictable and I like to know what's going to happen when. And so he, he explained to me how my qualifications, my experience qualifies for SDR roles. And Ooh. so because I had gotten the job with that company who then rescinded my offer, then I spent another seven and a half weeks before I landed an SDR role in a, a hot, this is my shirt in my, I uh, love it. In I love it. higher ed. So, um, so those were the reasons I decided not to go for CS. And I figured I'll stay in the SDR role for a while. Cause I know it can take a little bit of time to get that momentum. Sure. Um, and learn from there. And honestly, I love the people I work with. So, I mean, it's really, it's great. And it's not, it's not scary. Yeah. You know, it's not boring at all. And you feel like it's neat that you, that you made it into like into educational tech. Like, I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah I didn't think, you know, one of the things that people say, not just in the teacher transition courses, but overall, when you're looking for a job, they say, Pick the top 10 companies you want to work for. Well, friends, those are all <laughs> educational technology companies, and I ain't going to get hired by them because there is a specific time frame that they hire, and I had missed that. So I'll tell you, I didn't sit down and make a list of companies. Mm -hmm. I just went on LinkedIn. I did have someone fix up my resume and my profile. Um and that was really helpful. And then also the SDR bootcamp with Rev Genius. Very, I, that was helpful to an extent, even though I was in the middle of my job search. Mm -hmm. I'm getting off topic. But um, <laughs> what were we talking? No, I just lost my train of thought. Crud. Well, you were talking about how timing. Yeah, like you couldn't, you didn't think you were going to be able to get into educational tech because you had missed yeah. the, the time frame of it all. Okay, so I. I didn't make a list of companies. I, I mean, there are some ed tech companies that are K to six, K to five, K to six, that now that I've had an experience, anyway, I'm getting off topic, but I did not make a list of companies that um, I wanted to work for. I just used the skills I learned from Rev Genius, um, from people that I had practiced interviewing with. And I just, I was like, that looks good. And then, I mean, I can talk and I can talk about how I ended up you know, what my, what my tactic was for getting a job as well. Yeah. We'll talk about, let's talk about that. I do want to answer Dustin's question though, because this is a really, a really great question and you might have some insight into this because Dustin wants to know what are the chances of someone changing their personality or changes their personality for sales? Like what are the chances of getting into sales? Um, now I will say just so you know, Dustin, this is just my opinion and I don't know if anyone here has tried to change their personality because I never did, but you do not need to change your person. I've managed salespeople and you do not need to change your personality to be in sales. There are all kinds of salespeople and they're yes. not all like me. 
and Shanda and Whitney, there were all, even the three of us are different salespeople, right? So mine is very different. So yeah, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So that's fine. So, so what you have to find us then is a, is a way that you, your personality can be successful at sales. So I don't know. I mean, we did meet and, and I think it's very important to, to find your strengths and your communication style and then go with that. Like when I get on a cold call myself, I like, I'm a buddy, I'm your bestie. And that's why you talk to me, but that's not going to work for, to, for Dustin. You know, what, what about you, Whitney? Do you find like, so I, I think I understand what he's saying. Like, I mean, here's the thing. We're all different at work. I'm not the same person with my friends that I am with people at work. I mean, I still have the same like personality, but it's professional, right? Mm -hmm. So you can goof around, but it's different. So I, I think what he might be asking is like, do you have to change your personality to be in sales? Okay. I look at that two ways. I am still who I am. I'm not being fake. There comes a time sometimes where you're like trying to get deals before the end of the quarter four, which I think we're all in right now. And we're like, oh, we'll wave this fee and this fee. Yeah. And that feels kind of yucky. Like once in a while that does happen, but that doesn't mean you have to change your personality. I would say my personality has changed in a way that I've just become more confident at picking up the phone. And I learned, I'm learning more about my product and I'm surrounded by account manage an account manager who's really knowledgeable and an SDR manager who's really manageable. But my personality hasn't changed. I've just become more comfortable picking up the phone and being prepared for someone to answer. Because in, in higher ed, people don't answer their phone. So, <laughs> Me neither. Nobody answers the phone when I call them. Right? right. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, so if you feel like you have to change who you are, like who you are inside, then right. you're probably not working for the right company. That's very true. And, and Dustin, I don't know if you mean this or not, but Dustin, I think is very introverted. Whereas we, us three, well, you are, but yet you're also comfortable standing in front of a class and teaching a class and you, you had no problem hopping on for this. You know what I mean? Like some people like, don't, I don't know if that's what he's asking or not, but but like you said, when you don't have to change yourself, you just no. have to be confident. in right. yourself. And, and I think working from home as an SDR, you're not like, I probably wouldn't get anything done at the office. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, hey, what's up? And we'd be talking and no one would get anything done. Um, I, yes, I don't have a problem standing in front of people and giving a lesson or whatever it is. Um, but working from home you can you can say I'm going to take an hour and I'm going to prospect, or I'm going to take an hour and I'm going to make these models. Yeah. And then you could go take a break. So as an introvert, you know, if you're in the right company, they will trust you to do your job. That's true. So you can take that break and stretch or whatever you need to do. And you made a good point earlier about the type of vertical or industry that you're in, or somebody said something about vertical, but you said something about industry and same idea. And it's important. Like right now I sell into enterprise sale, like it's enterprise sales and people who do Salesforce and stuff like that. So it's big companies and things. I'm struggling a little, but I'll, I'll be better. But sometimes people, you can identify with people who are more like you. So yes. you don't want to sell to salespeople. If you're, if you're introverted, you might not want to sell to salespeople, right? Like, cause not all salespeople, but gotcha. a lot of them are, are extroverted. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm not calling salespeople. 
Right, right. You're, yeah. you're, yeah, exactly. And, and so mid, it's mid market too. So we're colleges and universities that are 400 or less full time faculty. Gosh, you and I are going to have to talk because I call my vertical is colleges and universities too. It's a different product entirely. Oh, so making me laugh. Oh, she's so cute, right? Oh, you should be around her full time. I just it, want you guys to know when I'm editing the video, it's hysterical because she's always. She sends me through. these outtakes and she's like, <laughs> And they're cute, though. She's always teasing it up. <laughs> okay, sorry, we got off track. Oh, because sorry, you're, you're supposed to be selling to higher ed. Is that what you're saying? No, I, that's one of my verticals. Oh, is higher. Is, yeah, but I struggle because nobody answers the phone, and I'm trying to figure out who am I going to call. And my, that's a whole different story. We can talk. We can talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk. But that's so. That's really that was a great question, Dustin. I really, I really think so too. And so, I mean, you don't need to change your personality. Um, you do need to get confident in yourself and develop some confidence but if you're interviewing right now guys that's what we need to do we need to, we need to be confident like it doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted i mean you just need to find a way to communicate about who you are and why you'd be a great person on their team and you have to find that confidence in yourself because it'll come out and also something that i was worried about is a teacher you don't really have onboarding and i'll tell you Onboarding is what it is, okay? And it's different for every company. But remember, it, well, for me, this is how it was. I don't know how it is everywhere, but it's usually like three to six weeks where you're learning the product. Yeah. Uh, some companies, I guess, just throw people on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. It can be bad, bad if you, like, it can look, make the company look bad. But just keep that in mind. Like, you'll have a little bit of time to learn about the product and, and hopefully you're having weekly meetings with your account executive or I work with an account manager or your SDR manager. You know, I, you know, I would just say as you're looking for jobs, just trust your gut instinct. And if something doesn't feel right, it's OK to say to them, hey, thanks for your time. I'm just not going to move forward, you know. Yeah. And that's that's another point to put. Um, you know, I know you said you didn't do your list of 10. That makes sense because of you were so specifically looking for a certain you know, yeah. vertical or industry, that type of thing, which does make sense. But right now with, with everybody, with the job market being the way it is and with so many layoffs and stuff, I think you have to kind of be very intentional. And like you were saying, whether it's make a list of 10 or you find the vertical that is yours, like the, the, the industry that you need to sell in, and then you really have to just dive in. Maybe you could share with us a little bit more about what your process was like about interviewing and stuff. Um, so, hmm. All right. <laughs> so like I've told you a little bit about the very beginning. Um, once I had my resume and my, uh, LinkedIn, I'm looking over here, my LinkedIn all set up. I was going for CS, took the pivot, didn't worry about my profile. I was... Gosh, I think I was mainly using LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And if I saw a job, so what I don't want people to get confused by is ed tech right now, educational technology is being flooded with teachers, which mm -hmm. is why I didn't make a list of companies because I knew I, this is an educational tech technology company that I work for. I was not expecting to get <laughs> ed, ed tech role. And I just didn't know enough about SaaS companies. So I just looked and I was like, oh, okay. So if I saw a job on LinkedIn, I would go to the website, 
This was before I went to SDR bootcamp. I would okay. go to the website, make sure it was a real company, <laughs> make sure they were hiring and that the job was on there. Good call. Um, I would send in my resume with a cover letter, fill all that out. And then I would send it. And then I think what I was doing was I would figure out who the talent acquisition person was. Mm -hmm. And I would send them first. I did a LinkedIn over time. I would send them an email with my resume and cover letter. No one reads a cover letter, but I still put it in there. Okay, yeah. You know, because it, anyway, I also used two really great YouTubers. So if anyone wants oh, yeah. to. We love to oh, yeah. I forgot to ask you for those. Um, like those. Okay. So one is Madeline Mann. She's called the Self Made Millennial. Oh. And another guy named Andrew. La Savita, C A V V I I T A. So they're a little different, but if you really want to practice your skills in interviewing, watch their videos. So as I kept going along and I took the SDR boot camp, what I learned in the SDR boot camp was about what do we call it? Video prospecting, video. Yeah, yeah. Video yep. prospecting, yeah. However, I just say it so I sound fancy. Yeah, um, and so because I had familiarity with Loom and Vidyard um, and Screencastify, what I started to do, so this was now, I had probably been applying since April. It was now the end of June, and I had, I had that offer rescinded, right? Mm -hmm. So what I started to do was the same thing. I would go on LinkedIn, blah, 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 go to the website, apply. I would email that same day the talent manager, talent acquisition person. Then I would wait. Oh, 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 this is the best. I downloaded a free email tracker Google extension. That one is good. Oh, that is good. Save so my bacon. Thank you, Whitney. Her email. Yes. Because yes. because we don't we don't have sales loft. We can't see. When oh my gosh. We got That's a good point. We got to get that on the Slack channel. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I'm making notes. I, I, so it was free, and you know Google extensions. Contact me if you want to learn about them. They're terrific. Um. So okay. And you need we need to add them to the Slack channel, Whitney. I know I have a project going for you, but yeah, that needs. Okay. <laughs> okay. So talent acquisition, okay, apply talent acquisition, wait 24 hours. If I noticed that my email had not been checked, I then went to the VP of sales and sent a video. Nice. 25 to 30 seconds. Yeah. Hey, so-and-so, my name is Whitney. I applied for the SDR role at such and such position. Would love to get some time on the calendar to share how my qualifications align with the position. Hope to chat soon. Bye. Bye. That's how I got my job. Yay! Oh, I love it so much. Yay! <laughs> That's amazing. So, so let's just recap that because I actually do the same thing. I recommend the same thing. Um, you know, everybody doesn't have a full network already, guys. And so you hear everybody saying, work your network. And that's cool if you have one. But if you don't have one yet, you can do exactly what Whitney did. Yep. You can go to those jobs on LinkedIn. Do not just blindly apply. That's that's a no. 
that's not what Whitney did. What Whitney did was prospect her jobs, right? So she went yes. and she researched. She found companies that were supposedly hiring on LinkedIn. The reason why you can't just accept that is because a lot of times they'll leave those up there and they're not really hiring. So I don't know what that's about. But oh, they do. I, I would also suggest when you are looking on LinkedIn, you can choose to look at jobs that have been posted within 24 hours to a oh, week. Good call. Good call. Yeah. You can filter that. And that's a great call. And then that way you can go on the thing and you can find the, the talent person. And sometimes, to be honest, with SAS, you can get lucky because the talent, per like the person recruiting is actually the hiring manager. Mm -hmm. Like not right. always, but sometimes, not always, but. But what you did was a great thing. So you tried, you started with the talent, like the person who was recruiting, mm -hmm. listed on that on that job posting. Yeah. And then if they didn't answer you, you went right to the hiring manager or the VP of sales. If oh, you the VP of sales, yeah. That's crazy. And so, you know, that makes such a big difference, guys, because you want to be in sales, you want to be an SDR. Well, guess what, Whitney and, and Shanda and I do all day long? Call people. Send video messages. Like, I just actually just started sending video messages as an SDR because really? I can't get people on the phone. Our email deliverability is trash. <laughs> and so I need to find a way to get in front of them. And so I'm, I'm kind of going that route because, you know, I love video and it's just a good format. And people, like, interested in clicking on that. So they are. Well, tell me a little bit about it because you did say 30, 25 to 35, 30 seconds or whatever. Like, guys, you don't have to be a pro. Did you have to go like put on full makeup and like make a big production out of this? Or how did you? How did I, you I did do my hair and makeup. And okay. Okay. Well, that's she fun. always looked so cute when she did them. She would show us. We're like, oh, we love these. Oh, great. <laughs> it was so, so good. My hair was curly. I had like a fan blowing on me. And I stop like, it. Really? I, I mean, you could like kind of see my like <laughs> my curls. Like in the summer, I have to curl my hair. It's just, it's so Yeah, cool. yeah, I do too. You can hear the slow-mo music going. No, just kidding. <laughs> L'Oreal. No. <laughs> Honestly, though, that's the thing, though. It's all about standing out. So if you're yes. comfortable doing that, you could. Do it. But you can also, what I was just trying to say is, is that like, like AP just said, it doesn't have to be fancy. It just needs to be a quick, concise message, like you said. Sure. And yeah. 25, 30 seconds. That's it. And yeah. um, you don't have to write a script. You don't have to memorize. Like you just say no, it. No, you just say it's it's. You say the same thing in every single video to every VP of sales. But everybody I talk to that is so worried about video because I because now that we're you know thinking about doing it for like SDRing and stuff like that, like people yeah. are nervous about it. And and what I try to explain to them is is that nobody is going to judge your video. The whole point of the video is just to to it's a pattern interrupt. It's just different. You've been calling. You've been emailing. You've been calling. You've been emailing. Now all of a sudden there's this video and yes. it's going to spark curiosity, right? Like so that you have enough huevos to put it out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. Cause that's what sales is. You know, you sure. got to have big ones or it ain't going to work. It just the BDE, you got to have it. So. Right. We, we want that. Bad. I, didn't I didn't get it. Dang it. I forgot about that pattern interrupt. Probably I sent you that link. We, we both need to get one. Don't we? What? Yeah. The we hats. really do. I just keep forgetting. Yeah. And that's true. AP says the right thing. This is true. You will be doing this for your job. Mm -hmm. So if, if what we're talking about to you is uncomfortable, if the thought of calling vice presidents of sales or different things like that, if you think that's uncomfortable, then you might need to evaluate whether or not you really want to be a salesperson. 
ASAP. Mm -hmm. An SDR, right? Like, yeah. I'm not trying to say you don't. I'm just trying to say that if you get a hella anxiety every time you think about calling someone you don't know, then that will be a huge hurdle to overcome as an SDR. Well, yeah. and circling back to like what Dusty was asking, I don't think it matters so much as I am one of those weird people. I think I'm an introvert and an extrovert, yeah. all depending mm -hmm. on the situation. Yeah. You could see me in a group setting and be like, that's not how she normally is. Cause I just totally, I'm just absorbing what everybody else is doing, letting them take the reins. Cause it's an environment I don't want to be the center of attention in for whatever reason. Um, but at the same time, you need to make sure you're asking in your interviews, what kind of sales, what kind of methodologies are you using? Because I can tell you flat out, I don't know 110% about all the sales methodologies, but I can tell you the ones I'm not good at. I can do them if they're modified, mm -hmm. but like if you want that in your face, hardcore, you saw car salesman type of person, I am not your girl. Right. That is not me. I, I will do it because you're paying me to do it. And I'm not <laughs> going to be good at it. Yeah. And I'm going to hate it because that's not how I do things. I want the repeat people coming back. I want to be able to have those different relationships. And some people will say, depending on the methodology, they would say those people have the lowest amount of sales. Mm -hmm. I would argue that my life can prove otherwise mm -hmm. and from personal experience. So I go with what works for me. And like what Jared Robbins says all the time, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. So be true to yourself don't yeah. try to be something for somebody else. It's not going to work for anybody. It's going to be a dumpster fire going down the river. Just don't. It's, it's you, sell them. <laughs> you know, just yeah. don't be yourself. Well, and that's true. And the thing is, is that, like I said, I've managed a lot of different types. Like I've had a very successful sales team that had a couple introverts and a bunch of extroverts. You know what I mean? Like the introverts did great. <laughs> In fact, sometimes they did better because yes. they listen they listen a lot yes yes sometimes they were better at listening and they weren't always talking and so they were able to catch what the person needed and the problems that they were trying to solve so dustin don't overanalyze it just you know think to yourself like is this something i really want to do yeah and like ap says it's it's what you got to do it's it's the same thing for your job but it is true some jobs are more email heavy but i, I wouldn't I wouldn't go into it with that focus because in my opinion, I don't know if you guys would agree. It's always changing this world. Like sometimes email is effective. It depends on the, on the, you know, vertical that you're in. It depends on the people that you're contacting, what your ICP is like. It, it, it depends. So if it's very important to you not to be making phone calls or not to be doing something, that's where, that's where I was saying, don't, maybe it's not a good fit for you. But if you're just a little bit shy or introverted, then don't, that doesn't mean sales isn't for you. You can do sales. Like, absolutely. And something that I wish I had known, there are different kind of SDR roles. Sure. There's inbound, there's outbound, there's inbound and outbound. And then there's some companies like um, I've heard someone said to me, they knew someone who worked for DoorDash and is an SDR. You are calling 80 to 100 people every day. And that's all you do. That's not what my job is. And I do an SDR job like that. I'm only required to make 100 calls a week because most of my communication is strategizing for how to personalize letters to the people who are the head of the university. And, you know, 
So I'll send out three to six cadences a week. And so I have lots of people to call, um, but I get some stuff from marketing, maybe one or two during the week, but otherwise I'm making outbound calls from accounts that someone else was running. So I took over someone's account. So these are just things that I didn't know about until mm -hmm. I sales. And we, we email first and then, you know, and sometimes I do call, but most of the time it's email first. Anyway, wait a day or stock them on sales loft or whatever. Yeah, that's, but that's a really good point. And that's where the way you're going to find that out is by prospecting your job or SDRing your job search, as we talked about, like when you're prospecting, that's when you're finding out about these companies and you're going to get a better idea. And I don't know if you did this or not, Whitney, but a lot of people do. And I suggest that like, reach out and try to get to know some of the SDRs that are doing the job or at least find their profiles to see if they seem happy. <laughs> also, you can join, this is something I did. You can join LinkedIn groups for, well, for, for free, obviously. Like I joined a customer success one. I joined some SDR ones and, and you can introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Whitney. I'm, I'm pivoting out of education or I'm pivoting out of construction or wherever you're pivoting from. I'm looking for an entry-level SDR role. Yeah. And people are like, boom, 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 you know, and they will help you. They will. Yeah. They really will. And and that's why going, sometimes going to SDRs is a great place to start because, I mean, we're doing the job and, and we can, most people do love to help and they do like to help. And also for me, I don't know about if this is the same for you, Whitney, but helping other SDRs or people who want to be SDRs renews my my excitement about my job yeah like yeah. i don't know yeah that really helps me mm -hmm. i agree um that's definitely something i didn't do a ton of i didn't do a lot of specifically reaching out to sdrs i reached out to some cs people but i think joining the linkedin groups and also guys if you're pivoting into sales or whatever make sure you're following people that are in sales right yeah. The one thing that I know Joshua Morgan talks about this all the time, teachers, we love supporting each other, but if you're going into sales or CS or user design or instructional design, clear out all those people that are pivoting teachers and yeah. start following user designers or whatever you're going into and comment on their feed and interact. And that's a big thing too. That's so that's that's such a good advice because you'll learn from them and you'll also learn from um, I know poor poor Chris no emailing for Chris he's a phone caller and that's what he does although sometimes I like that though that's very nice um, Dustin asked what what the, the hardest challenge of being an SDR or BDR is you now that you've been in this role since mm -hmm. March like what what is your hardest no. challenge No I just started ramping in October but that's okay Oh. Oh, really? Yeah, I started hitting the ground running in March, April. That's when I started applying. I didn't start till August 29th. You started with Interfolio on August 29th. And yeah. so now in October was your first month as a quota? Basically. Or, okay. Yeah. So what's been your hardest challenge from August till hey. now? Um, I would say it would go something like learning the product. Okay. Um, learning the technology, <laughs> adapting to, um, I mean, teaching is so difficult. It's like nothing is harder than that. Right. Um, I see what you're saying. I would, it didn't feel hard to you is what you're saying. 
No. It didn't. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I love the fact that I'm surrounded by supportive people. Now, my second week working, we had an on-site, so they flew us all out to D.C., so that was awesome. Oh, that, um, is that was a great way to learn the product and to, to figure it all out um, and to meet people. Um, I think the hardest thing is just gaining that confidence, becoming very familiar and having a little, so my company, by the way, didn't have script, doesn't have scripts, but we have other ways in which we can get the information. So just getting the practice yeah. of the lingo you need to say for the product mm -hmm. and gaining my confidence. And I feel like now that I'm like two and a half months into actually doing it regularly, my pipeline is growing. I have more, I still get a little nervous. Yeah. But not as nervous as I was a month ago. Sure. And, and it's so funny because I, I talked to so many voicemails that when someone finally answers, it's either like the secretary or sometimes the professor will answer. And I'm like, hi, you're <laughs> ready all the time because you just don't know if they're going to answer. <laughs> so gaining that confidence and another big adjustment is just being able to like work at my leisure and go to my meetings and no one's in my classroom writing notes and telling me that I didn't do a good job. Like right. I feel like I'm doing a good job. Yeah. So you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. You like not it. every day. But no. Yeah. no, you're not, you're not, you know, I get you. But you know, it's funny that you say that though, because I'm a month into my job. I started a month ago almost. And that's my biggest challenge too, is just feeling comfortable with the lingo and and the fact that I don't talk to a lot of people all day sometimes. So I'm like, when I do, it's like, ah, so I need practice. But yes, one of the things I would say is, is that that's what's so great about all these Slack groups and LinkedIn groups, like, you know, like Sassy Sales Moms and Rev Genius and things, because like Mark Mack was in here. I don't know if he's still here, but he has office hours and you can, yeah, I know you, it gets shocking when people pick up. You're always like, oh my God. Yeah. But, Mark has office hours and Rev Genius, and there's other people that do coaching. And and even if I always tell people if they want to call me, I, I do these 15 minute cold call things where people like other SDRs and we'll role play together because I need practice too, right? Like I think I think getting comfortable with it is the hard is the hardest challenge because when you first start as an SDR, you know I don't want to sound like because teaching is way more important than being an SDR. But that being said. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that being said, being an SDR is very important to the foundation of a business. Like you are, you're doing, it's a big deal. And you have to learn all the things. Like you have to learn all the things. So you have to learn how to prospect. You have to learn how to, you know, use the CRM, you have all the stuff. And it's a lot. And so when you first get started, I'd say that's the most, that's the hardest part is just the yeah. overwhelming feeling of. Yes. And. The thing is, if, and I'm glad, I thought it was just my industry, but people answer and then you book the meeting and you're like, okay, wait, okay. I have them pulled up on my sales loft. Okay. I sent them, I booked the meeting and then I have to like, text message my SD, my SDR manager. Okay. Wait, what, what, did I, I, what did I need to do? Because you don't, it's not like you, I don't book a meeting every day. So like right. when you do, you're like, oh, oh, like the first, anyway, the first real meeting that I booked, I was like, why is my Zoom not in here? So I ended up like sending my my manager is like, all you have to do is and I was like, oh I gotta add the extension. Like all of that, <laughs> you know. 
So I would just say, again, as you're looking and as you're interviewing, you want to make sure that they have a tech stack and that you feel supported, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I never really felt as a teacher. I didn't feel supported. And I just, I feel appreciated. And, you know, my, my, my account manager is so wise that I just, I learn every time. So anyway. That's awesome though, because, you know, it's, you really, I'm really happy because you just ended up in like, you know, and that's something to think about for any of you guys out there right now who are feeling a little bit frustrated and desperate and just, blah, you know, just keep positive and keep pushing forward because even Whitney's explaining her journey, it wasn't a short journey. Not everybody's journey is, is immediate and quick. So, you know, stay the course and, and find what works for you. Don't just accept anything because, you know, it is important. Like, what a great fit you have. It seems so perfect, like, to me. I, I did not think I was going to end up in tech, and and I did. Um, I just want to say one thing that's popping into my mind. I hit, I, I hit rock bottom, okay? So I ended, I stopped teaching. Our last day was June 10th. Um, I had that job lined up. They rescinded my offer about a week and a half later. Mm. And I think five weeks into hitting it hard and applying for jobs, I would have coffee chats with people and someone said to me, I can tell you're really tired. You're just, you're stressed out. And she said, it's okay if you're not sending a video to every single talent acquisition specialist. She said, it's okay to just send it and see what happens. So if you hit that point, because I know people who are at that point, Mm-hmm. Don't been there. Don't yeah, yeah. Don't always spray and pray. But it is okay if you say, okay, this week my goal is to apply to two jobs, and this job is the one I will video prospect to. Sure. You know it. I I. Uh, you know anyway. So. No, that is such a. I'm so glad that you said that because. Ugh, it was awful. It was so. I, awful. It's all. It is awful, and you you start to get very down because you're on LinkedIn and as wonderful as LinkedIn is, you start seeing other people's posts of, of getting the jobs and you're like, I suck. I, how did they get the job? And I didn't like, and it starts to beat you down. Especially when you know you've interviewed for the same role or you've known those people have been going through that struggle for less time than you. Because I know this time that Whitney's talking about, because I'm pretty sure she and I were both like crying in our Cheerios together because it was hard. <laughs> It was so, cause we're like, what the heck? What is the deal? But, and so I'm so glad you said that, that you were vulnerable and said, yes, this happened. But remember, I remember that with you. Thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> I mean, you know, just especially with transitioning teachers or anyone transitioning, just realize someone can say, oh, I got a job at XYZ. You don't know what their journey is going to be like. It's like watching your friends get married, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, kind of funny, right? You don't know what their marriage is going to be like. You don't know what their job is like. Mm-hmm. And social media is social media. You know, uh, even yeah. though LinkedIn is more of the professional side of things, you, you just don't know what that person who got that job is going through. Right. And that's a good point. And, and that's all of social media. We share mostly 
the best things. Now, luckily on LinkedIn, I've been so happy to see some vulnerability where people, like even the article of yours that we shared, mm -hmm. you opened up on that. You didn't paint sunshines, rainbows and roses. You were honest about it. And I do like that about LinkedIn. Um, but such good advice. I know it's almost time for us to be done. So it was a really good thing to, to end on because it's Sunday scaries. And, you know, if you're tired, guys, like Whitney's right. Like, don't be hard on yourself. Like, you're not superhuman. So if you can't send out like many personalized emails and videos that week, then that's not the goal for the week. That's you've got to be honest with yourself and, and set goals. Um, Shanda said it the other week. I think it was our first show and I posted the, the recap of it. She was like, you know, if set three goals tonight, Sunday, set three goals for your week. And even mm -hmm. if one of those goals has to be, I'm going to take care of me and be kind to me this week. That's a goal. And also don't sit on LinkedIn all day and hit refresh. Don't do that. <laughs> I've done it. I mean, I wasn't working all summer. Guilty. Yeah. Mark. Mark says, I hope I never go for, through wives like jobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, you're a very smart man. And I don't think you're going to have that problem. <laughs> that tells me a little I, bit about Mark. Mark is a very smart man. He is. And he's awesome. But, you know, it's yeah, it is counterintuitive to be hard on yourself. And, you know, something came up this week. Another thing that came up this week, which is toxic positivity. And you saw me just now rolling my eyes. I just want to roll my eyes. Okay, toxic positivity does suck. It does suck, right? But but also, guys, I just, you don't have to, it's, if somebody's being overly positive, just in your mind, realize they might have to do that. That yeah, might yeah, be what I do. you have to do at that moment to yeah. get through. Oh, my God, 21 years. Woo! Yeah, that's awesome. But See, I told you he was smart. But I've I mean, heard him talk about his wife, so I know he's smart. Yeah, I knew. I knew. Yeah. But I think you have to realize that, like, yes, it's yes, it's frustrating when you see people being toxic. Positive. I, I don't really understand the term toxic positivity as much when I feel someone being overly positive. I just kind of I, I you know, it doesn't bother me because I think that's what I do. That's how I get through. So. Yeah, I, I, I rolled. I did. I, I rolled. But what happens to me is that I like I was down in February. Um, I mean, January and February. I, I got let go in around this time last year okay. and December, January and February. I, it was a, the biggest pity party you ever seen. In fact, some of you may have seen or gotten emails, me messages from me. I was losing my mind. I thought everybody on LinkedIn was going to be just as upset about how, you know, how I was let go. Nobody cared because one, I hadn't built a, a, a following whatsoever. Like I had no friends or community or anything. And two, I was so negative. I was in the most negative headspace that you could ever imagine. And I, I was like, so I had to force myself out of that myself. I had to go through this like overly positive space in order to land in a happy. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's well, me. People totally who are. People who have toxic positivity, it's it's just the polar opposite of like Debbie Downer. Right. I, I have a friend who does that and she, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. This is going to happen or this is going to happen. And some, like you said, sometimes people don't know they're doing it, mm -hmm. but there is such a thing. So definitely, especially on social media. So just be aware. Well, I know yeah. with me because I have two littles. So if, if they see mama saying the sky's falling. Sure. You know, 
that's not going to be a good day. Right. Here, no sky falling. But so there's I'm always saying, a way that yeah. you, you have choices. Everything's hard. Pick your hard. So if I'm going to go down this awful, you know, rabbit hole, we're going like full strength. We're, we're coming down the other side with like unicorns and rainbows <laughs> and treasure <laughs> chests and a lot of gold and the whole thing. We're okay. finding it. We're going to manifest it. Something. But what I do think would be important for people to kind of keep in mind, especially in today's environment is just be aware of what everyone is going through. And the first thing that you say to somebody shouldn't be, it's going to be fine because right. nobody wants to hear it. Like it doesn't feel like it's going to be fine. I just got freaking let go. Okay. My whole world is falling apart and it would be nice if at first you could just acknowledge how much this sucks, <laughs> you know, well, like I think that's, what's important, right? Like to, I don't you know. Need to Renee Brown it. You need to say, how can I support you best? Yeah. And I try to do that with people. Do you need to cry about it? Let's cry. Let's go right. for it. Exactly. Yeah, we will do that. But just know at the end of this phone call, we're going to have a plan. Like yeah. I'll let you cry, but I'm not going to let you stay there. Yes. Like we are getting out of this. We're going to yeah. make this the best thing that ever happened to you one way or another. We're going to figure it out. And yeah. that's, that's how I do it. And so I know a lot of my posts, people are like, oh, is she for real? Yes, <laughs> for real. Give me she a is call. for real. That I know because I've experienced that. I had to be my own cheerleader. I have a very yeah. small circle of cheerleaders around me now. Thank goodness. And so I've utilized those, especially this week. Um, just calling people. Hey, what are we going to do? How are we shifting this? Who can I help? I, I got to stop thinking about me. I got to go help somebody else because that will make me feel better and realize that. You can do it. There's, there's other things to do. Put focus yeah. on me. Yeah. The rest will happen. I'm so glad that we had Whitney on because yes. I feel like it's exciting to be able to like you're such a you you had a success, but it wasn't like perfect. Yeah. yeah, and I love that. So I hope that gives a lot of you guys some some hope. Like I hate to say I hope I hope, but I do. I hope that you guys get hope because you need that. Like keep your hope alive. Gotta have your hope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like we ran over time. Is there anything, <gasps> Whitney, is there anything that you, that you didn't have a chance to say that you really, really want to share with these job seekers out there? Um, well, I would say you're going to end up in the place that you're supposed to be that you never thought you would be, if that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. I did not think I would end up in higher education. 110%. And so I never thought I'd be selling a Salesforce type product. So there you go. <laughs> I, I never thought I'd be selling to higher ed. Yeah. And and it's so right for you. It's like such a good fit. It seems like you're really enjoying it. And it is. It is. so happy for you. And yeah. you know, what I think is really awesome is how you, you did this and then your teacher in you is, 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 is what's sharing is making everybody, you want to help everybody else learn yeah. how to do this. I yeah. noticed that all over LinkedIn. So I oh, love it. Thanks. <laughs> no, I mean, even with sassy sales moms, you jump into the, you help, you know what I mean? Like, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I like doing it. I think it happens naturally. As long as it doesn't bother people. It doesn't bother us. We love it. <laughs> hey, right. Everybody, like said, we got our own little projects going for you that you and I need to work on. Yeah, that I'm so excited about. Yeah, yeah. This is going to help so many people. Yeah. Well, good. Well, guys, it's happy Sunday. It's Sunday vibing. We're not scared. And we're going to have an awesome week. It's Thanksgiving coming up. And thank you, Whitney, so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Glad I can and join us on Slack. Don't forget that. 
Yes. Don't forget to join us. Well, AP has been posting. He's an awesome. You guys, AP is the best. What do we call him? Moderator. He's our Thank best you. moderator ever. Thank you. All right, you guys. Have a great week ahead. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. Awesome. Thank y'all so much. Bye. Bye. Bye, Justin. We appreciate you.